The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm Vice President of Guildhall Wealth. Joining me today is Jerry Karias, Senior Associate at Guildhall, and we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, let's talk about where we are currently in the market, what we've been seeing over the course of the last six months. We're going to talk about the new green policies that are coming into play and what kind of impact that could have on the metals as well as inflation, which would drive the metals. We're also going to talk about all of the changes we've seen in the financial system over the last few years and some of the the changes we're going to be seeing going forward such as the Bank of International Settlements and what other central banks are doing around the world such as Russia. Uh, Let's start with the week that was. Jerry, how are you doing? Very good, Jeremy. Uh, It's June, so very, uh, very happy that we're entering into the summer season. So we want to thank everyone for getting in touch with Guildhall. We want to thank our current clientele, even the new folks that are getting in touch. We want to thank even the referrals that are coming through. We appreciate your time and your business. So very exciting to uh, be in the market in precious metals, Jeremy. So, you know, Jerry, over the last uh, six months, it seems like gold and silver were consolidating over the course of their their big moves that they made last year. And uh, as of last week, gold and silver went neutral on the year. Silver's actually up currently about 7% this year. Uh, Gold is up just under 1%. That said, gold has moved up $125 in basically a month's time, uh, actually last 60 days, and silver's moved up over $3 in the last 60 days. So we've seen a lot of action in, in a very brief amount of time here at Guildhall. What, what do you attribute to that? Um, well, a lot of the performance in metals had to do with the, the change in, in the Bank of International Settlements uh, changing uh, the Basel II to Basel III rules. So ever since then, gold really caught the bid, moving up about 36%. Um, it hit a high of uh, 2,075 last in last August, and we had a double bottom in gold, and now we are securely above the 200-day moving average which with a lot of momentum. As you mentioned, the past six months, gold price in U.S. dollars up about 3%, so pretty moderate, but still very healthy. And uh, silver in the past six months in Canadian dollars is up almost 10%. So uh, the momentum is there for precious metals driven by tremendous physical demand. So essentially we have this, we had a pullback, consolidation, and then all of a sudden in the last 60 days you get this momentum move up in both metals. And now you're sitting at a point where really both metals are on the cusp of a major breakout. Gold breaking up over nineteen hundred dollars. You're getting really close to that uh, that uh, two thousand dollar mark in the what we got up to and close to twenty one hundred last year. So I feel like we're on the precipice. That there's there's a feeling that mm. it, it's getting closer and closer, but there is a an entrenched resistance. Yeah, the nineteen fifty mark gold uh, for the you know gold price resistance is still there. But we again, we broke over that quite easily last summer. So this is a near-term, very short-term resistance. But I forgot to mention the, the main underlier is inflation. So that is the, the major focus for hedge funds, for investors, 
for the central banks. Uh, inflation is the um, is the foundation of why we're moving in the way we're way and the momentum we have right now. It, it's such an exciting topic, really. <laughs> but by the same token, you know what? It's Look, reality. it's reality. Mm -hmm. The fact is, is right now the trend that's pushing and driving precious metals overall. You have the negative dollar trend, the the devaluing currencies across the globe. You have real rates being negative. Yeah. Right. You're not actually making money by having money in the bank. You do have the recovery after after COVID, and you have supply shortages in, in both metals. In fact, I, I think it was earlier this week that the U.S. Mint came out uh, with, a, with a press release saying we have shortages, only to, within a, a, a couple days, walk that back and say, well, it's just for a couple things, but we don't really have silver shortages. I think when you're looking at the price, or I should say, if someone's just looking at the price, trying to gauge what's happening in the market, they wouldn't get a sense that there's shortages, would they? No, it's a because when we talk about the shortages, especially in silver market, the silver market is almost the Achilles heel for the entire global banking and 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 uh, and industrial market. You have a shortage, you have a potential systemic crisis in the in the entire. Uh, global market. So you have to really tread that line very, very wisely when you want to talk about oh, a big entity like, you know, maybe Elon Musk's uh, silver, silver fields or silver city needs to buy a tremendous amount of silver that can tilt the market. Or if you're talking about shortages, that again could cause prices take off. So you have to be very wise with uh, with the verbiage and how you and how these entities uh, talk about silver. Well, you mentioned the Achilles heels of the financial system. So I know you've probably been listening to a Bill Holter interview <laughs> somewhere along the, the lines here. And right. he's he's fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely the the push on the industrial side, especially with this push towards green energy or getting getting rid of, of carbon, um, getting the carbon footprint down. There's a tremendous push on the actual industrial metals, silver being specifically, because it's used in so many technologies. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But let's just stick with what's happening in the silver market for now, kind of do a thorough update, if you will, because we are, you know, six months into the year, we're halfway through. And I, I really do feel that the metals have performed quite well, given what we saw last year. I think some people might look at the metals, Jerry, and say, well, what have you done for me lately? You're basically neutral on the year you know, so who cares? And again, I want to kind of dig under the price a little bit and look at what are the factors that will drive through that next level of resistance. And the two key things for me are the shortages in the market and the inflation story that's going to drive people to, to protect themselves with the metals. Well, these are the four, these are two of the four fundamentals that Guildhall stands upon, which is you know money printing, which leads to inflation, geopolitical risk, and supply and demand. That that combination, those four pillars will not change, and those are the four pillars in any market. Um, and we can't discount what we're seeing with regards to geopolitics. Things are mounting globally, but back to supply and demand. The demand is tremendous. You and I know both the amount of calls that we're getting, the amount of people that want to get out of the paper market. Do you understand the, the need, especially when you look at ratios between the amount of shares of silver shares out there and the amount of gold shares, which are just paper derivatives, toxic derivatives, in my opinion. You have 1,000 to 1 for every silver share. For every 1,000 silver share, you have one measly silver ounce. 
And these are fundamentals that people are not ignoring. And we know in certain reports that it is investment demand that is going to be the main driver in the silver market. So very, very exciting stuff. And also the this trend towards having allocated and, and wanting to go with the motto of if you can't hold it, you don't own it, and just knowing that you want that product. I have to ask, the the Bank of International Settlements, they're due to you know bring this into existence on, on June 28th. Is this a Y2K moment? Are we going to have a Y2K moment when it comes to the gold and silver come the end of the month? Or is it really going to be a major driver and it's going to be literally like a light switch goes off and the market just starts running? I mean, we're already running now, but... Massive change. This is a massive a move away from unallocated. And why is this so important, Jeremy? Why, why allocated versus unallocated? Well, because if you have a synthetic supply, a paper supply pushing the price down, you're not getting real true price discovery. And uh, everyone thinks, oh, the price should just be $28 when it's like, okay, but there's a $5 spread on it right now. So exactly. the real world is telling you that the supply is quite short. And if everyone is dealing in only the physical product and not not being i call it the 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 steam valve on a a pressure cooker yeah right it's pushing people into paper gets the pressure off the market and the pre and the market really wants to to go much much higher you know credit the uh wall street bets and silver squeeze to continue that pressure on the physical demand because it is working the 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 amount of product coming off the comics is starting to have an effect and i think it's just a question of when, to me, the next, the, the real question is, we know that, that the major bullion banks will have to retrench at some point. They're going to have to say, ah, silver's going to break 30. There's nothing we can do about it. We have to pull back somewhere. And it may go beyond where we pull back to, but we have to dig a new trench and say, that's it. We're, we're going to hold the line at $35, let's say. Mm -hmm. But for silver to go to $35 this year or up to 40 and pull back to 35 if that were to happen, I mean, that would be a big, big move in this market. That'll be a pretty good move. Pretty, um, you know, we're very early on in the, in the cycle for precious metals. We both, we had a breakout year last year. Um, and we're going to get into the report of incrementum. They call this decade the golden decade. So we have a very long, you know, long, you know, move ahead for precious metals. To, for the people that think, though, we missed the boat, or it, can it pull back um, even further? There's a very limited downside potential when we have uh, all of the factors at play, technical factors, even uh, the the cup and handle move in silver is tremendous. This is a very long-term, 20-year cup and handle move, and we have. Uh, some great forecasts to come, getting us even more excited for for the silver market. So, and the gold store and the gold market. Let's look at projections. We'll talk about that in the next segment. We've got Pierre Lassonde. He was uh, he's the co-founder of Franco Nevada. He's formerly president of Newmont Mining, and he's talking about how does gold and he believes gold could get to twenty five thousand dollars an ounce. We're starting to hear more calls for silver to be in the triple, if not quadruple digits. Uh, we'll show you how it gets there in the next segment. The number 18778silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. If you'd like to have your own physical allocated gold, all you have to do is give us a call, go to the website. We'll show you how you do it. And basically what we're doing is we're helping clients to store their physical product in their own sub accounts. Of course, you can buy it and take it home, or you can even buy it and allocate it and have it in your own sub account within 
your registered account like an RSP or a tax-free savings account. Again, the number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. I'm so excited to talk about how gold gets to $25,000. But first, before we do that, let's talk about the new green energy and reducing the carbon footprint and inflation because they actually go hand in hand. I was looking at two articles back to back, Jerry, and I wanted to connect the dots and get your thoughts on this. So the first was there was an article on Zero Hedge that said we will see $200 oil. And what it is is uh, the Russian Deputy Prime Minister Alexander Novak was blasting the International Energy Agency for their controversial roadmap which he said is an investment in new fields which have to have to stop immediately to achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And he says basically in order to get to that criteria in that amount of time, price of oil would go to $200 an ounce and gas prices would absolutely skyrocket. Interesting to just kind of take that as it is. You go, okay, yeah. You've got to build a lot of infrastructure. You've got to build new technologies. You're getting off. You're refusing to let people use the other forms of energy, and therefore, it's going to push this up. Okay. Another article. Uh, this one is uh, highlighting Larry Fink, who's the BlackRock uh, CEO, and he manages more money than the Fed, over $9 trillion at last check, as this article talks about. And what he's, what he's talking about is the potential for inflation. And that, that gets pulled into this idea of the green energy. So what he's saying is that the Fed has vowed to keep interest rates at zero for the next two years. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Of course, because they're, they're, they've got all the stimulus money. What's the point of throwing in the stimulus money and then raising interest rates at the same <laughs> time? It just seems to be counterproductive at that sure. point. So um, – that said, you've got inflation running hotter and hotter, and the question will be, at what point does the Fed say, uh, we can't really call this transitory anymore. It's a little bit more than that. Listen, time will tell. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's transitory. Maybe it's not. It's still one of the most searched words on, on Google right That's now, right. and it's got people very, very worried. Now, he goes on to say in this, so he says it would be pretty odd if they raised rates during this period, but again, you never know. Uh, he goes on to say that if our solution is entirely to just get to a green world, we're going to have much, much higher inflation because we don't have the technology to do all of this yet. That's going to be a big policy issue going forward too, he says. Are we going to be willing to accept more inflation if inflation is to accept to accelerate our green footprint. Mm -hmm. So in a way, connecting the dots here, Larry Fink and Alexander Novak are on the same page. They're both saying, look, you want to get to a green agenda? A very noble cause. Sure, noble cause. You want to get to a green agenda. Do you understand what that's going to cost you? How and do we get there? How do we get there? You're already... You're, you're not even in a position to be transitioning an economy. Your economy is already in trouble. In fact, there was a whole bunch of articles this week, Jerry, I was reading, that was just 
reiterating the fact that the economy was toast yeah. back in, back before 2020. You know, they just got lucky that they could they could wipe the board clean and say, oh, emergency, we don't have to worry about all those other problems. But, you know, um, uh, production was down, money was down, it, stocks mm -hmm. were already peaking. Um, all of these things were already coming together. The economy wasn't doing well. I mean, anyone can go back and listen to our shows back in 2019. I, the I think repo we, market was on fire, the overnight repo, repo market. We covered it at length, yeah. all of it. So you already knew it was bad. How are you supposed to transition into these other economies where you don't even have the infrastructure? That's going to be incredibly inflationary on top of the inflation that's being caused by all of the stimulus, mm -hmm. $6 trillion or what, and counting, whatever mm -hmm. it is through the Biden administration. And the Fed's still nowhere in sight of lowering their balance sheet. So uh, screwed. Yeah. Absolutely screwed. And we, we're, we're stuck relying on the policymakers to do what they say they're going to do with printing all of this money, but putting towards the infrastructure needed uh, solar, wind, and whatever types of forms of energy they want to implement. You know, once you have a noble cause, you're justified to, you know, pedal to the metal, print as much as you can. But you're, we're stuck hoping that they're going to put it towards these, these ambitions of lowering our carbon footprint. Are they going to really do that? This is the thing that we're, we're hoping and we're counting, counting upon these counterparties to do their job. Um, you know, people are not waking up, but people are not, uh, are, are not believing that and they're waking up. Right. Yeah, I think you're about to say people are not not waking up. <laughs> not not. Uh, yeah. Double negative. Yeah. No, it's it's true. I kind of think about how governments have handled the pandemic, and you kind of say, how much do you trust them to handle the fiscal uh, crisis that's going to happen if it's not already happening? I think it's already there. Yeah. Um, I think we're already past past. We're we've run out of road. Now mm -hmm. we're just waiting for the the rest to drop. And even in summary of this uh, of this ambition to you know, lower the carbon footprint and do better for the environment going forward for future generations. This doesn't really speak to precious metals directly. And precious metals will have an impact, positive impact, as a, as a result of this, because this ambition leads to inflation, and then higher inflation leads to higher precious metals prices. And people, especially uh, looking at, the, you know, the bond markets, the bond markets don't do very well in times of inflation. And this is why investors, uh, everyday investors outside of, you know, in real estate who are holding stocks and bonds are looking into precious metals, searching inflation and coming to Guildhall and talking about inflation and, and planning with some precious metals. Yeah. So in, in some ways, you're, you are uh, just coming back to this and concluding it is you have this double whammy. Yeah. You have a double whammy of you already have inflation coming. It's already a, a major issue because of all the stimulus. You can't say that the stimulus happens in, I was going to say in a bubble, but of course it creates a bubble. So, um, so that was really good. But you have the stimulus on the one hand, and then you have this desire and a drive, a policy to get to this green world um, that I didn't know we needed. Um, I, I thought we were going to kind of naturally go there, let the market naturally do it and see what they're, how it's going. I think Ford's already doing pretty well in the EV industry. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, okay, you get there eventually, but you start trying to uh, form that policy and push that policy and you get this, you get this perfect storm of we need this, we need these uh, new technologies, Technology. it's going to cost, it's going to blow up the prices of things. In the meantime, you've got prices blowing up because you're printing all this money. So it just seems like a double whammy. And, and where does gold go on all of this? I think you I think people are are reasonable. I think mm -hmm. they look and say, how do I protect my wealth? 
the cash in the bank is not doing me any good. I'm getting negative real world return on that. I don't feel like chasing yields where these PE ratios on these stocks are out of control. And we know that these companies aren't really producing all that much. Mm-hmm. And it, and at some point as well, it becomes, you're, it's so far into the future, yeah, right? That it's like, how do you guarantee that, that this company is going to pay out what you think it's going to pay out? 15 years from now because that's what you're betting on with with all with the high high prices right mm-hmm. you're trying to pull all that future gains into the into the current in turn into the present so you know i think gold thousands of years as a way of protecting wealth mm-hmm. it's got that track record and people are going to it in droves and now it's like okay but the price hasn't broken out yet is that mm-hmm. a bad thing and the track record even in the past 10, 20, 30 years for us investors to break our wealth in into the stock bonds cash approach that's you know that's really isn't that really outdated i mean we we have had so many things happen the past 2 years alone that it would be very unwise in my opinion to keep that same 10, 20, 30 year old model uh you know, in existence in your own portfolios. This is the the reason why investors are starting to chase yield and go after alternative monetary assets like digital currencies. And but many many investors, like you just mentioned, gold and silver have a millennial track record as money, and it has that one-two punch. It does have that industrial attribute as well as it's a monetary metal. It's money. It's going to be there when you need it most. It's your wealth insurance. And great if you never have to use your wealth insurance, and that's that's uh, you know that's a great goal to have. But this wealth insurance has gone up eleven uh, percent a year on average for the last twenty years, so it's definitely an insurance policy that pays out. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, I want to share with you a quick uh, conversation I had with a client uh, just this morning. They were talking about the ambitions of countries like. China to perhaps take over the global reserve currency. And they love the idea of what's happening with the Bank of International Settlements and the allocated gold because they have gold. They have physical gold. So they don't have to worry about changing it over. Uh, Same thing with Russia. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about uh, their central bank and their gold. But the idea was, okay, well, what, what happens to people if there's this push towards another global currency somewhere else on the planet? Now, my opinion is... I don't know if the world wants a communist country to be in control of the the global reserve currency. Everyday people do not want that. Um, you know, there's certain certain um, segments in society who want that push, who are currently pushing that type of regime. But the numbers, the people, don't want that. They want freedom. They want to have the ability to plan their own futures and do what they want with their own money and buy what they want and even say what they want. And and here's the beauty of gold in that sense is if if I'm Canada and I'm dealing with let's say you Jerry and your um your US and we're de- trying to work out a business deal and we're dealing with the currencies but the currencies are in flux and if I have the opportunity to manipulate my currency and print a whole bunch of money or lower costs on on exports, whatever it is, uh, I can manipulate the currency in certain ways. I'm creating an unfair trade deal with you. But if everything is based on gold, then it's all fair because we have an anchor for value. 
right? Right. If we were to trade in gold, it's well, gold is gold, and we can use that as a fair value. And so I think we understand that the fiat currencies really muck up the waters, and it allows governments to say inflation's at only two percent when it's actually more like six percent and seven percent, and it just gets stolen away from people. They just don't even notice it until ten years goes by, and they realize, oh, I need to make a hundred and fifty thousand instead of just a hundred thousand, and they wonder why their wages haven't increased. But you see housing prices go up. Why? Because the government's manipulating interest rates. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that gold becomes a very simple way to protect wealth because it's been there for thousands of years. It doesn't erode. Um, you know, you can shine it up. They're still pulling out coins from the ground and, and yeah. out of out of sunken ships. And at the end of the day, it there's a finite amount. Mm -hmm. You can only add to the supply by a certain amount. So I think that for all of these reasons, people go back to gold. But getting back to the idea of these other countries aiming for to be the, the the reserve currency, I don't know. I think ultimately gold will be the boat or the bridge that gets you mm -hmm. to the next place. Yeah, I don't think you want to sit there in necessarily your Canadian fiat currency waiting to find out what the next global reserve currency is going to look like. Yeah, whatever. We obviously are entering into a massive shift, a change of the monetary system. And one cannot discount the fact that it could be and it probably will be blockchain related. We're seeing a, a, a change away from the Swiss, a SWIFT system over to quantum finance. Um, these are massive changes and we're seeing the massive changes coming again once with gold because he or she who has the gold makes the rules and without in the underbelly, the foundation of of this new monetary system, if you, if you don't have that gold, you won't have that stability that we need, that trust and confidence that we need, because it's timeless. You know, pre precious metals offers that, you know, in, in, in terms of cryptocurrencies that are on the blockchain, you have thousands of them, you don't know which one it will be, you have volatility, you have the impact of people making speeches about them and tweeting about them, and you and then you wake up overnight, and it's and it's dropped by 12%. But that's you know it's still early on in the in, early on in the in the lifespan of cryptos, but investors really are looking for that stability, knowing that we are in uncharted territories here. Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknowns in the crypto sphere, whether you love it or or not. I think there's a lot of unknowns. I think people understand why they're specifically holding physical gold. Um, you know, maybe there maybe it's up for interpretation with with cryptos. The track record just isn't there yet. People know that gold will protect against inflation. And I think that's the key. I want to talk about one other thing about the Fed coin and and the central bank push towards uh, being able to control your money. We'll talk about that in the next segment. The number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be right back on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you'd like to get involved in the market and you're looking to just acquire some physical metal for the first time, you can go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. It's our website. It's an e-store. Uh, you can take a look at the different types of products that are available. These are universally accepted products. You can uh, sell them anywhere around the world, no issues, very liquid. 
As well, we can also offer storage for, for customers if they're looking to acquire a larger amount of precious metals. And the storage provides, uh, we provide you an inventory report of the specific products you're holding in your own sub-account. And again, very liquid, easy to sell on a phone call, get the funds uh, that you need for other, for other purposes down the road. And of course, if you want to store some physical precious metals or diversify your portfolio in a registered account, we can assist you with that as well. Fully allocated, fully segregated inventory um, reports for you on those accounts, and we'll show you how to do all that. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, I just wanted to complete the thought that we were having in the last segment because we were talking about sort of this push around the world to maybe jockeying for position of who might get to be the the next global reserve currency and who knows maybe the US dollar will rise from the ashes we'll have to find out but one of the things i've been seeing as a trend is the the idea of fed coin or central bank saying hey here's a i was reading an article about this this week here's a a, a wallet for you it's it's a it's a crypto wallet going to be provided by your central bank and of course you'll want to use it because it's safe we're going to give you safety you don't have to worry about losing your id you don't have to worry about carrying around your social insurance number you don't have to worry about how are you going to access your funds we're going to handle all that it's going to be safe now i have learned over the years that the best way to give up freedom <laughs> is to try to be coddled in the concept of safety that's right yeah yeah, you know, as soon as you give up uh, a little bit of your rights uh, for the notion of safety, um, you know, this is what's going to happen. You're going to lose both. I, I, I can't believe people are still falling for it at the end of the day. But, you know, if you just kind of think about how these coins work and, and um, you know, maybe I'm just negative on, on all of this stuff, but you're going to give up your freedom and they can cut you off any time that they want. Uh, you know, look at what we've seen over the course of the last year and how people have treated you. People have been treated terribly for wearing masks or not wearing masks or wearing it not properly or mm -hmm. gathering too much. I mean, we've seen we've seen the worst of yeah. of what could happen. Well, maybe not the worst, but we've definitely seen glimpses of what tyranny could look like. And do you want to give access to the central bank? to provide that sort of tyranny. I mean, it's bad enough that people have been censored off Twitter and censored off Facebook and wherever else for having alternative opinions, mm -hmm. right? And we're not talking about evil opinions. We're just talking about differing of political beliefs. Right. Imagine being cut off because they don't like your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Or, or you, you don't want to say you want to buy tickets to a baseball game and you're already upset enough with, with the, with the baseball industry and they cut you off from buying baseball tickets, right? Or you're, you know, you're unhappy with Coca-Cola's politics, but they cut you off from buying a, a case of Coke. That's, that's the reality of anything digital. It's that they can turn you off. It, it has that counterparty of power and, and counterparty of, of electricity and, you know, and you have to comply if you're not compliant they can turn it off on you. They can turn off your travels. They can turn off your buying and selling. Um, that's not the road to take. And, you know, with regards to the central bank digital coin, if it's still fiat, it's still a failed system. It, we need to have it backed, materialized by something that is anti-fiat. And historically, again, we go back, all roads lead to gold. Yeah, you know, I think at the end of the day, Jerry, I think you, you said it in the last segment, which is, 
when it comes to the idea of crypto, at the end of the day, it doesn't take anything to create an additional crypto. So it's kind of, oh, okay, yeah, there's a certain amount. So if they come out with Fedcoin and you go, oh, okay, there's only this amount of Fedcoin. So the it's uh, it's finite. Yeah, but anybody can create another crypto, mm-hmm. right? So why do we have to use yours? And I think that's where gold is is ultimately identifies itself because you can't replicate it. That's right. I mean, if you replicate it, you're doing it in a synthetic way, in which case, I mean, that's really what our challenge is, is to get rid of the synthetic supply. Mm -hmm. But again, you know what's real and you know what's not, Mm -hmm. right? But with the cryptos, it's just the same as fiat. You can just keep creating new ones and new ones. You don't like how this one works, you create another one. So I'm, again, not talking negatively about the crypto in in the sense of can you not make money and of course you can make money it's a great technology all of these things but we're talking about how what is money how to protect wealth against inflation how to protect against uh making sure you maintain your privacy mm-hmm. right maintaining your freedom i think right. anyone who gets involved in the gold market eventually is is kind of a freedom fighter yeah. in many respects um it does end up being a little bit political but at the end of the day, do you want to just have your ha- hands cuffed to a certain currency and they can tell exactly what you're buying at any given time? No, absolutely we don't want that. We want to have that ability if we are ever cornered. You in the gold market, you in physical silver, you can you are not cornered. You can go into any new currency, any old currency. You make the rules. That's the whole – that's the meaning behind or the – uh, the, the definition, or if you want to elaborate on that phrase, and you know, he who has the gold makes the rules. It's not you don't want to be a dictator. You have options. If in the event you need to exercise your insurance policy, that gold is your is your insurance. It's, it's the ultimate uh, hedge against uh, calamities, and it's your insurance. I totally agree. I've always uh, and I, I work towards it myself. The idea of hey, I want to get to have a a certain amount of gold in a safety deposit box and hope I never have to touch it. You know, if I have to touch it, things have gone Venezuela in Canada, you know, like I, if, if I have to go and sell, you know, this core bit of gold in my safety deposit box, things have got to be really bad, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of create the safety net for yourself and hope that you never have to touch it. And then you move into other parts of actually having gold as part of a portfolio to, to protect wealth as opposed to just having rainy day money, right? right? And that rainy day money, by the way, I mean, I've had that for 15 years. It's done nothing but increase in value over that period of time. So I'm very happy I I did that out at the gate. And we want other people to – that's a great way for other people to get started. Build up that rainy day portfolio that you hope you never have to touch. Yes. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You can also go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com where you can see the type of products that are currently available. Speaking of cur- products being currently available, we we have some exciting news actually, Jerry. We brought on an additional wholesaler for Guildhall because we wanted to make sure that we can continue to supply physical product to the market. So, um, you know, Paul obviously manages the supply and inventory and he's doing a great job there but to continue to accommodate our clientele we've we've added another wholesaler which is great and also another vault mm-hmm. uh, so to pro- provide some additional options so give us a call about that we're happy to talk about that the number again one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com it's the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto 
Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, you know what? We totally forgot to talk about Pierre Lasson. Uh, he did an interview recently. He is the co-founder of Franco Nevada and formerly the president of Newmont Mining, and he's calling for gold to get to $25,000 an ounce. And uh, the way he believes it's going to get there is he truly believes in the Dow-Gold ratio. So the idea is we've talked about the gold-silver ratio, which is typically 16 to 1. That means over time they were pulling 16 ounces of silver out of the ground for every one ounce of gold. Obviously today if you were to speak to you know, uh, Keith Newmeyer of First Majestic, he would say, listen, my experience is it's more like 8 to 1 now, which tells you over the last several hundred years maybe the easy silver has been, has been pulled out of the ground. But the idea in investing is think there is a theory that things will revert to the mean. Mm -hmm. And if the mean is 16 to 1, and we're currently at 70 to 1 silver to gold, that we've got a lot of catch up to make on silver. And that's not including where gold could potentially go. Now, Pierre Lasson was talking about the idea of the gold Dow ratio, which is I think he created it um, like 40 years ago or something. Wow. And um, the idea is that eventually at the peak of bull markets, gold will hit one to one on the Dow. So if the Dow's trading at 35,000 points, let's say, um, without falling, gold would go to 35,000 points. If the Dow falls, and gold rises, you could potentially be looking at a $25,000 gold price. What do you make of that? Very exciting stuff. And this is the, you know, the technical, the, the side of precious metals and why um, this is, this is created an environment where you have a lot of people paying attention to these things. Had a similar conversation with someone this week regarding real estate. As we know, the, the banks in Canada made it a lot more difficult for new home buyers to get approved. So you need a lot more in wages. Your purchasing power, uh, got diminished literally overnight. And, uh, you know, we brought up the silver to real estate ratio, the silver to real estate ratio, reminding people of, you know, back in 1980, you just required about 15 to 2,000 ounces to buy an average home in the United States. And this is what's so exciting with these ratios. You have this market is very cyclical. We will eventually get there. And when that ratio of silver to gold goes back to 15 to 1 or 20 to 1 or 12 to 1, you will have the ability, whether, whether the other market goes down or not, you will have that ability in precious metals to make some moves, to acquire another hard asset, to roll into gold, roll into some real estate. But that's what's making this so exciting. You have so many ratios that are just screaming by for precious metals, especially silver. Yeah. And the idea with these ratios is to understand value. Mm -hmm. Right. When you're when you're talking with stocks, it's always here's the price. Here's where we think the, the company is valued at. And so therefore, the stock price could be here. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. But with gold and silver, it's very simple. You just kind of say, OK, well, uh, back in Roman times, an ounce of gold bought you a toga and a belt and some some handmade sandals, etc. Uh, right now, an ounce of gold. OK, it doesn't buy you a Tom Ford suit, but it still buys you a suit. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we're there yet. I think gold is undervalued because I still want to be able to buy a pair of handcrafted shoes, a handcrafted belt, nice, and yes. that suit. So I think it's it's still very much undervalued. I mean, I don't know if I could spend $25,000 on all of that, but uh, maybe at that point it'll, we'll be able to buy a few suits, mm -hmm. <laughs> a few Tom, Tom Ford ones. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. You know, actually in 2011, Jerry, we got down to a four to one on the Dow gold ratio. And, uh, you know, looking back, you kind of say, yeah, you know, you don't need it to look absolutely perfect. And certainly, 
you just kind of say anything in the the low single digits on the Dow Gold ratio would have been amazing time to consider taking a little bit of profit and rolling into the stock market. I mean, I think that was probably one of I consider a big lost opportunity at that point. You know, you get caught up mm -hmm. for sure. I yeah. think, and I think that's something we've done over the years is to okay, how do we figure out ways to not get caught up, not think about price. And where the price definitely goes to, it's great to say, okay, twenty-five thousand dollars. But that twenty-five thousand dollars is representative of a potential ratio, mm -hmm. of a potential one-to-one -one ratio. Now, if you hit two-to-one, that means gold goes to twelve thousand. Yeah. Assuming Dow comes down to twenty-five, if you get three-to-one. Okay, you're you're into like the the ten, eight thousand dollar range. Okay, it's still amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know how many articles we've rolled out and marched out on the show saying that gold could easily go to seven, eight thousand dollars over the next several years. Mm -hmm. I mean, how hard how hard do you figure that could possibly be given all of the things we've even just talked about today? Uh, very easily, I think uh, it it just doesn't it doesn't just hinge on the ratios alone. I mean, we're looking at big money getting into gold right now, very bullish. All of the funds are getting into gold. I think you brought an article here regarding uh, the, the Russian wealth fund. Uh, the wealth fund pretty much just diversified away from U.S. dollars, all dollar-backed assets, and they bought what, Jeremy? What did they buy? Jerry, they bought gold. It's, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, they're one of the, the only countries in the world that have uh, I think a positive balance sheet. Uh, they are definitely pro gold. It's just been, I think part of them, part of it for them is they've had so many sanctions over the years and they've had such a, um, a competition or, or oppositional position with the states and other countries that they've had to figure out ways to, to circumvent it. Mm -hmm. And so gold is one of the perfect ways to do that. I think they also understand the value of gold. That is, that's clear. And so that's something that they've continued to add to their portfolio. And again, I think this is a big move to get rid of the US dollar altogether and say, look, we... We've had enough. Mm -hmm. I think you know it could be a slight against what they're seeing as far as all the stimulus packages to say, look, we've had enough. Look, our clients have had enough, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> we've uh, clients every day. They could. I've had enough. I I can't believe what how much money the government has printed. Mm -hmm. I need to get out of the banking system. I need to protect my wealth. I've had it. Yeah. I, I need to do something now because it's unavoidable. You can't. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. They've they've done it. They've opened the Pandora's box. They printed go gobs of money, hundreds of billions of dollars. How do you protect against that? That is a flood of inflation. Mm -hmm. This is the probably the biggest headline for the week, in my opinion. The Russians made some major moves with regards to their own central banking system, nationalizing their central bank, not making any headlines whatsoever. But they're doing things a little bit more uh, differently uh, with regards to... Uh, their diversification, a lot of moves away from the U.S. dollar uh, and the U.S. hegemony, and they're moving towards gold and other currencies. But the main headline would be their move away from U.S. into gold. It's the geopolitical chess move to protect to protect their their wealth and protect their interests, which is not new in this world. I mean, we know that, for example, Winston Churchill took all of the gold and brought it over to Nova Scotia just in case Hitler did succeed in getting over to England. So the idea is that gold is sovereignty at the end of the day. If you're not, you know, that you can print money and hope that everyone thinks that you've got power or you have the gold. And as you said, he who owns the gold makes the rules. So get some physical gold in your portfolio and as well some silver because it's explosive at this point everything we've talked about today from inflation to the to 
to going green to uh, geopolitical issues. All of these things are driving the physical precious metals, and we believe that you should have uh, up to 10 15% at least in your portfolio. Of course, if you're going to add physical precious metals to your portfolio, make sure it's real. Make sure it's allocated. Make sure you follow the motto of if you can't hold it, you don't own it. So definitely contact us, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry? Great to chat with you this week. Great show. That was fantastic. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for joining us this week. And we can't wait to speak with you next week on The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.